What is up, Hogamaniacs? And welcome to another great edition of Big Boys and Body Slams. We're here on episode five. I'm one of your hosts, Zach, alongside Luke. Yo, yo, yo. Pop a 40 and check your rollies. It's crime time. I'm sick today, sorry. And Kyle. Hi, guys. We got uh, one shirt this week. Our boy Dakota Zankner friend of the, bought a friend of the podcast shirt, so you are definitely a friend of a, the podcast and Brett Screwed Brett, and so we thank you for uh, buying that t-shirt. Yes, thank you very much. And again, we do have t-shirts up at Store Envy, bigboysbodyslams.storeenvy.com. View our selection. No slash Brett Screwed Brett. Uh, but uh, we should do a Brett Screwed Brett shirt now in honor of Dakota. What do you guys, all in favor say aye? Aye. I it's feel happen. like that is copyrighted. Probably not. It's going to happen. Um, mm. Again, we are big boys and body slams. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a little bit of housekeeping to get into before we get into today's episode, which is going to be a good one, I think. Uh, we're back to WWE land, so that's fun. Um, first off, again, we do have shirts available at bigboysbodyslams.storeenvy.com for designs up at the moment. They're really cool, right? Can we, are we need an agreement on that? I think they're the best shirts v- in the world. V cool. V cool. And then we also um, are on iTunes. If you want to listen to us, we're on SoundCloud. We're also on Google Play, and we are on YouTube. We're going to have a full video version this week. Sorry about the confusion again. Where's Spotify? Last week, Spotify still uh, out in the, they're out there somewhere, you know? Dude, we got to hunt them down. We gotta, they've we gotta, been ducking us for too long. They've been ducked. They're scared. I'm coming, Spotify. The Hogamania is coming for you, Spotify. What you going to do, Spotify, when big boys and body slams runs all over you? All right, sorry. Go ahead. Thanks for that. Um, and then also, we now have a Patreon page up, and there are some really cool perks uh, for contributing. So basically, I guess I'll give a quick rundown. If somebody doesn't know um, what Patreon is, basically it's a platform where you can contribute monetarily to our um, to our podcast every month, and, and it yields you great rewards, and you get great things for doing it. And in turn, we are able to uh, kind of keep the upkeep going on the podcast and provide you with more content in the future. And I believe Luke wants to go over some of these awesome tiers for anybody who feels inclined to open their wallets to us. Yes, absolutely. So for our Patreon, there is starting with the $1 a month, you are a cruiserweight. Thank you for your support. You help keep the wheels turning, and you'll get to access the episode, or excuse me, our each episode one day early. $5 or more per month, you are a light heavyweight. All $5 and up patrons will get their name in pre-roll credits on our YouTube version of the show, as well as access to each episode a day early. See how that stacks? And then if you donate... $8 or more per month, you are a heavyweight. How about bonus content? $8 a, $8 a month will give you an extra Patreon-exclusive podcast, Big Boys in the Movies. This will be a monthly recording where we cover a wrestling-related movie, and they're usually bad. I'm excited for that one, guys. I, we got to get somebody to donate $8 because I'm just dying to uh, to watch some wrestling movies. I want I want really want to watch Suburban Commando again, and this is like oh, a, yeah. a really good chance oh, yeah. for us to watch it. So Is, is Suburban Commando going to be the first one? Or it has to be. It or, has to be. More than Ready the Rumble? What about They Live? Does that count? They Live's See, awesome. See, guys, there are so many mm. reasons. And The Wrestler, just and with Mickey And if you Rourke, donate, yeah. we're definitely going to take your suggestion yes, into definitely. consideration. There are then, so many reasons to, to, to donate at the $8 level, but I think the $15 level is where it's at. The $15 level, you are a big boy. You rock. In addition to the tiers above, you will get your name slash company slash username read aloud as a sponsor of the show, as well as all of the other reward tiers. Duh. Yeah. Uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash big boys and body slams. It's just patreon.com. Uh, and then big boys and body slams no spaces or any special characters or anything like that if you feel so inclined we would love your support over there Um, if not as always give us a rating on itunes give us a rating on google play subscribe to us on all of our platforms so we can keep bringing you great content we have some youtube content on the way that's going to be not attached to the podcast so that's going to be a great way to um to check that out you're going to want to be subscribed to that because we got some fun stuff coming up we got some good ideas for that i think we talked about a couple of the ideas and i think i think people will really find them kind of fun yeah i agree uh i guess with all that said i guess we should get into it what are we doing today so we're doing no mercy 2008 it was a fan request by colin vasarino and colin and i actually went to the show together um we were i was in high school at the time and it was one of the first shows i ever went to i think the second wrestling show i ever went to behind a raw and uh i think it was a good choice i think it was fun yeah this is um was a very interesting show because I think it was kind of top heavy, which we'll kind of see as we talk about it. But 
the last three matches of the show were super intriguing and were telling really interesting stories, whereas the rest of the show, maybe not so much, but we'll get into it there. Um, and again, just it being a local show and being a show that another one of our hosts was on is awesome now. Um, yeah, uh, going into the show, did you guys have any expectations? I mean, Kyle, obviously you were there, so you kind of had some memory of it. I had never seen it. Uh, I believe Luke said you had never seen it either. No, but I'd seen, the, I'd seen the one main event. So knowing that that match was in there kind of had my expectations up quite a bit. If I... I kind of thought that the show was better, but I think that's from getting the live perspective. From when you're there, you think it's even better than when you see it on show. When I, we saw it on TV, I was like, oh, this is kind of bad. Why was I there? And then it starts picking up at the end, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is what I remember. So you remember the last thing you yeah. see, too. So you remember that main event. I remember I remember the Undertaker match. I remember the Jeff Hardy match, and I remember the main event. Right on. There's a couple things. I remember the Kane match, too, and I remember... One of the weird after match promos that we'll get into later that, that I thought was hilarious. And Zach just I was not a fan. Um, Zach just shit all over it, as he tends to do. He's got. They a lot think of I'm shit. Meltzer over here, but I mean, I I, I think I'm pretty fair and balanced. Zach Meltzer over here. Uh, so we do have no mercy. 08 coming from the Rose Garden in Portland, Oregon. It was still the Rose Garden back then. It was, and if there's any Portland Trailblazer fans watching, there was a Greg Oden jersey signing. And a Brandon Roy jersey. Brandon and a Roy Brandon well. Roy, yeah. but, we, but we like Brandon Roy. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, we do, yeah. but you're hating on friend Greg of the Oden, pod, huh? Friend of the podcast, Brandon Roy. Is Greg Oden not a friend of the podcast? No. How is that his fault that he freaking I destroyed don't, his knees? I'm sorry. You're ruthless. Well, this I, is not an NBA podcast. I'm turning okay, the Meltzer over here, this too. Is a, he's the Meltzer of the NBA world, apparently. Uh, so this is No Mercy. It opens with an interesting video package. Can I say? Uh, the best band in the world. The theme for this one is Metallica's All Nightmare Long uh, from the 2008 album Death Magnetic. Which I did, not, I did not realize that record was that old. So when I oh, asked yeah, you, is that from Death Magnetic? Like, yeah, definitely. Heck yeah. No, I, Luke I misspoke. He said best band in the world. Limp Biscuit was not on this show. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys were looking for Limp Biscuit or no Juggalo sightings again. So, Please I mean, fight This me. is like the third show in a row without Juggalos, and I don't like that. Um, so we have a weird <laughs> video package to start, which is like this old like 1950s like PSA serial footage. Like, like Fallout style. Yeah, like intercut with modern day wrestling i don't really understand what the the tie between the two was it was pretty strange but i mean wwe video packages are always somewhat interesting and this was somewhat interesting well, i mean some of them some of them are gonna suck like oh, there's yeah. a ton of them that are awesome some of them just have to make no sense and this wasn't terrible i don't think it was just it just yeah it just didn't really make that much sense it was but just weird it wasn't bad the, i mean again you have the wwe editing team behind you who can give you something good every time and then after that we get right into the action um there's, you know, obviously the, the hype and everyone's cheering and loud, but there's no promo or anything to start. We get right into the action, and the first match of the day is Mark Henry versus Matt Hardy for the ECW Championship, and Matt Hardy, of course, is the champion at this time. And don't forget that in the corner of Mark Henry is WWE Hall of Famer and looking jacked as AF is Tony Atwood. Yeah, he, Mr. He, Universe. he comes out in a suit jacket, but once he takes that suit jacket off, he, you got to let those pythons breathe because he is... <laughs> Jacked. It's it's like a it's like a sleeveless button up with a tie. And uh, my, my thought during this was, he looks like he ate the right to censor version of Bull Buchanan. <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> Just, he, he's he's large and in charge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing I noticed too about this match right off the top is that Matt Hardy was over. This crowd was hot all night, uh, and this could have easily been a match that they just didn't care about or they were dismissive about because it, again it was ECW in 2008 which wasn't treated with the most respect by the WWE but the to be fair the Portland audience and Kyle you were there uh, I was there you guys brought it and you made this match feel important especially with Matt Hardy you guys were so behind Matt Hardy here well in episode 1 i mean every episode i show my love for Matt Hardy i am an mfer a Matt follower so I that's have, what that means. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've always been a big Matt Hardy fan, and I always wonder what that meant when, in school and other kids would call me MFR. But I guess now I know it was just I was yeah, a, just, you were just a Matt Hardy fan. Yeah. Term um, of endearment. Unfortunately, I don't think the match lived up to the the crowd's reaction to the match. Um, well, the weird thing is too is that so Matt was super super over, but you can even tell we talked about this on a previous episode that Matt's kind of in like gimmick purgatory. Like he's still got the V1 music. Um, he's not really coming out to the V1 gimmick anymore. He's kind of like in the mix of the Matt Hardy won't die uh, gimmick as well. And 
I mean, he's super over, but you can tell that he's just, there's something missing there. You can tell he doesn't really want to be there. Uh, he's not really in, like, this is a completely different Matt Hardy than what we saw last week on the TNA pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, yeah. He Whoa. didn't have the cool uh, braids in this one, for one. And <laughs> New metal Matt. You can just tell, like, in this match, he just wasn't, there was no passion. And I think a lot of that was just his position in the company and personally maybe what he was going through at the time. Well, also, I we talked about that ECW was kind of a demotion, it seemed like. And they're fighting for the ECW title. And there's not a lot of chemistry between the two. Yeah, and that, that was something I noticed right away. Um, so I guess we'll get into the action. I, d- I didn't write a ton of notes here besides the fact that Atlas looked real nice. Um, so it started out really slow. Henry's just doing big Haas offense. A lot of kicks, a lot of punches, a lot of slams, things like that. Um, Lots of shoves. Yeah, uh, a lot of shove downs and shoulder tackles. Um, Matt, there was some good booking logic in this match, I thought, where Matt was working over the knees of uh, Mark Henry the, pretty much the whole match to try and get him off of his feet because obviously he's not going to power slam him or something like that. And so I thought that was smart. Uh, the first near fall comes in the match when Mark Henry gets a big old big boot. Once Matt gets back in the ring, and took his head off with that. And then he hit him. I called it an ass bomb, but we, we decided the move is called a bonsai drop. Yep. yep, yep. Uh, I like ass bomb better. He hits him with an ass bomb Rip for a near Yoko. fall. And then something was kind of funny was he went into the other corner to hit him with another one and he missed it. But Lawler uh, said, man, that would have crushed him like a bug if he hit it. But he had just hit the same move and he literally just he didn't didn't crush him like a bug i thought that was interesting and by interesting i mean kind of yikes um i mean really this match was really slow uh the ending sequence though like it picked up for the last 30 seconds of the match i thought um so henry countered twist of fate and he hits a splash he can't cover because his knee's hurting which leads to a near fall um he goes for the world's strongest slam which gets countered into a twist of fate and matt gets the pin and wins. Uh, what did you guys think of the match? It was very slow. The ending was fun. Uh, Matt Hardy got some great offense in at the end. He didn't really get a lot of offense in during the match. Yeah, itself. outside of working over the knees and maybe a couple strikes when they were brawling outside. It was really Matt until the end. Uh, I mean, I gave it Mark. two. You met Mark? I met Mark, yeah. Yeah. But I gave it two stars. It was really slow, but it was a good finish. Uh, um, yeah, similarly, I thought it was pretty boring up until the very end. I'm going to give it 1.5. I think it was nothing special, but it wasn't anything embarrassing or like it didn't put me to sleep or anything. It wasn't that boring. Well, the crowd really helped to get it going. Um, I ended up giving it a one and a half. I got a couple notes on that, though. It's we. I mean, we've talked about it. WWE CW just is the, is the stepchild. And uh, what does that say about what the company thinks of that brand when they their title match is literally the opener and and a slow one with not a lot of allotted time at that. It reminds me a lot of the way they're treating the cruiserweights in 205 Live right now as well, whereas their matches have mostly been relegated to uh, the pre-show match. And it's interesting because I think the they book shows different now where I think had 205 Live and had been its own brand in this show, that would have been a much better opening match than this because you usually want to open your show with like a fun fast-paced match this was kind of the opposite of that but i guess maybe they had a different idea for the the pre-show match well in this in this era of mark henry yes hall of famer all respect to mark henry but I, it reminded me why around this time and like the friday night smackdown era i just didn't really like watching matches of him because he was the giant um and just didn't have he had a very limited move set and i mean i just prefer a uh, sexual chocolate mark henry okay so. but serious question Ready? Yeah. Matt or Jeff? I think we're all three of us are Matt. Matt yeah. yeah. Which is Matt. crazy because like that goes against the norm, right? Where Jeff has been historically been this like super over baby face the majority of his career. But I don't know. I've always kind of thought Matt. To me, Jeff's just <laughs> always been one dimensional. Yeah. Completely. I think I think Matt has like portrayed such more interesting characters to me. And mm-hmm. I think wrestling wise, I mean, you can kind of inter- interchange one or the other. But I think just the character of Matt Hardy has always been something that's drawn me to him more, just personally. I agree. And you know what? After tonight's show, maybe I'll ask the 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 fans what they think. You know? Yeah, we'll like, have to put throw up a poll on do, Facebook. Do you like Matt? Twitter. Do you like Jeff and why? You know? I mean some of the greatest some of the greatest like hardcore WWE moments and even TNA moments have come from Jeff Hardy for sure. Um, I just think that that's that's he's just he's the spot guy. I, and he, there's not much more to him. His promos are bad. I almost feel uh, that Jeff is overrated and Matt is underrated. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because I feel like Matt has done a lot. Um, Matt never, you know, got drunk and had to have a f- two-minute match. Matt saved that company from dying. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So when Jeff kind of started the tailspin of TNA, Matt kind of boosted it up, gave it. But I do think that in this era of, because uh, everyone's a smart mark now, absolutely everybody, I think that with Broken and Woken Matt, uh, it's really brought him back to the forefront. And now people are looking at the big picture of his career like, wow. No, he, he really was. Yeah. He really did have way, way more layers to him. So, I mean, yes, I will say Jeff Hardy overrated versus Matt underrated. But in this day and age now, I think it, the, the script is starting to be flipped. For sure. Uh, speaking of Jeff, he was in the next segment. Um and that was a backstage interview. So first they kind of, I guess this is important to mention, but first they, they kept cutting back the whole show to where it was this fan poll where you could text in whether you wanted Jeff Hardy or Triple H to win the match tonight. Um, I think it was kind of obvious who was going to win, but we'll find that out later. And so they cut to, which is something you don't see very often, a backstage interview between, which, I mean, you see those all the time, but a backstage interview between the two competitors who were in the uh, the title match. I thought that was really interesting, and I didn't realize until after this interview started that, oh man, we're dealing with uh, babyface Triple H here. He just seems so unnatural as, like, a babyface to me. Well, and I don't know if this was, like, pre... It must have been post, like, DX reunion. I think the DX reunion was around 06, 07, so this was so, like, probably was the still, tail end of that. So, like, he was still riding the wave and kind of just, like, the, the goofy smart-ass slash still tough guy. So, kind of just in the middle. Yeah, it was just kind of an awkward segment back. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I guess, basically, yeah. Triple H says he's a fan of Jeff Hardy. He's actually voting for him in the poll. He has his <laughs> iPhone out and uh, says that he thinks Jeff Hardy has everything that it takes, but he wants to see him put it all together. And that was kind of the gist of the promo. I kind of feel it's a shoot. Because, yeah. you know, when the Hardy Boys broke up, people compared Jeff to Shawn Michaels. And they, they had a huge expectation for Jeff yeah. Hardy. And yes, he did win the belts, the heavyweight belt and stuff. But he, it was kind of underwhelming with, with all those shoes to fill. Yeah, I agree. But I think the interview was fine. Do you guys have anything else to add to it? Uh, did we mention, I, I personally, Jeff Hardy sucks at promos, man. Yeah, he his delivery is just like so unacky. I, I made a joke so during the interview. I made a joke during the interview, but like I kind of maybe think it was true that he was like reading cue cards or a teleprompter, like just off just camera, looking over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I will say they had that they were promoting this heavily at the show too, because before the show, they sent Joey Styles out into the lines outside the Moda Center or the Rose Garden, and um, he was just asking random fans, "Are you are you Jeff Hardy or are you Triple H?" I actually got on a video on WWE.com because I poked my head in front of the camera and was on there for a split second, which was like my claim to fame before this podcast. I'm gonna dig that video up if it's still on the .com. I'm gonna find it and I'm do gonna, it. I'm gonna share it on our Facebook. But uh, yeah, so they they were really promoting that hard the whole show. I remember that. That's awesome. Um. So yeah, after that, we get um, a women's championship match. We have Beth Phoenix, who is the champion, versus who I like to call the bargain basement Kelly Kelly, and that is Candice Michelle. <laughs> uh, and this is for the WWE Women's Championship. Um, Did you say I, Beth Phoenix with Santino? Yeah, but, but yeah, by the way, Beth Phoenix is uh, escorted to the ring by Santino Morella, and the whole storyline there is like she does not want him to come to the ring uh, with her because she thinks he'll screw up the match, which he kind of almost does, but... So there was a bit of a story, I guess, being told. Collectively, they're Glamorella. Yeah, Glamorella. Yeah, <sighs> sure. Santino Santino was Ellsworth back then, but with oh, more definitely. wrestling skills. More, yeah. Except he's not as cool as Ellsworth. I feel like... He's got a better jaw structure. I feel uh, like... Ellsworth's like the goat, dude, of jobbers. Ellsworth's the man. So here's, a, here's an interesting Ellsworth question I'll pose to you guys. Um... So Santino Morella won the famously won the women's over the top battle royal at whatever WrestleMania twenty it was in the tw- late twenties. The match I, I want to forget, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Had that been Ellsworth today, I think fans would have that would have gotten over. If oh, Ellsworth yeah. Oh, yeah. not no. dressed in drag or anything. No, that did so? not get over because remember he won the the women's Money in the Bank ladder match and people were pissed. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. But that that's was true. actually a good match that deserved to not have that crap ending. Right, but people were still pissed Versus at Ellsworth. Versus a gimmick battle royal. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, anyways, back to the match at hand here. I knew this was not going to be a good match the second I saw Candice Michelle come out. And I'm like, maybe that's like a slight to Candice Michelle, but... We literally asked who that was yeah, at first. Where her music started, I'm like, who's that? And he, she came out, and I'm like, who's that? And then I saw her name card, and I was like, oh, boy. Uh, out for it. And uh, my spidey senses uh, were correct. This was not much of a match. I had opened up, and... I will give Candice Michelle credit because she was flying at the start of this match. She was getting a lot of strikes in, trying to keep uh, Beth Phoenix grounded. And then she hits this like weird like half scissor kick, half famous her. I think it was supposed to be a famous her, but it played off more as a scissor kick for a near fall. Um, I mean, 
Candice Michelle selling in this match was so bad. She was screaming the whole night. She was like yelping and spinning. It was like a cartoon character selling. And just like it makes Beth Phoenix like it really shows you how many leagues ahead of probably the entire women's division she was at that time. Just seeing her if this was the if this was the number one contender for the title, who else was on that roster? Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. Is it's a huge reminder of how much Beth was carrying them at this time. And you could tell when they laid out this match, they're like Beth, we know you'll be fine. Candice, get as much offense in as possible to make yourself look legitimate whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was a really nice armbar spot where Beth had the armbar on Candice for quite a long time. And then Candace, or Beth went to the top. Candice crotched her on the top row, put her in the tree of woe, kind of hit a basement drop kick on her in the tree of woe position. It wasn't anything... Oh no no! Every every drop kick she fired off, she would like sprint and then stop short a few steps and then just like do a little bounce and the softest drop kick you've ever seen in your life, multiple times. Yeah, I'm just gonna skip to the finish now because really nothing okay, no, nothing really happened. Um, uh, Beth Phoenix gets pulled out of the ring by Santino Morella after a uh, it was a drop kick for a near fall. Santino thinks he saved the match. He's doing a lot of clapping. Beth gets back in the ring. She hits her finisher. Goes for which is called the what? The glam slam. The glam slam, which is a pretty interesting maneuver. She goes for the pinfall. Santino kind of gets stuck on the ropes, but he like is able to break free in time. And Beth gets the win. And that was that. Uh, they were, they were kind of teasing an angle that like Santino was about to cost the match. It didn't really play off that way to me on camera. Well, they like... They, like Santino accidentally like grabbed her shoe as she was trying to get back in the yeah. ring, and then she turned around and was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And then she got rolled up and almost a three count. I think is it, how that it didn't happened. play off super well on camera. And at any rate, Beth Phoenix won. Um, it was not a good match. I'm gonna give it one star. I gave it one and a half. I mean, I've seen worse, but not much. This yeah, this was nowhere. I should say this was nowhere near like. Major Guns versus the Major Stacey Guns versus Stacy Keeler mud wrestling match at New Blood Rising slash abortion the, or slash uh, miscarriage, miscarriage angle. angle. But yeah. this 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 still, I mean, every time we watch some of these older women's matches, it just reminds me like how far well Candace, have we come? Candice is nothing more than Diva Search eye candy. Yep. She, she doesn't yep. have much. And, and to, to Beth's credit, she is a legitimate. Oh yeah, women's I was going to say Beth is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, and yeah, that's kind of what I put down was that Candice. Candice, you can tell in this little. Uh, in her entrance that she is just an exhibitionist not as much as like straight up kelly kelly stripper but like she is definitely meant to be like look at these look at these bosom shots and but yet she's supposed to be considered legitimate for number one contendership i felt like the match was more to progress the story of beth and santino than to actually have a match you're exactly right i gave it one and a half star but now i actually kind of feel bad because i gave the previous match one and a half star and it was better so 1.25 1.25 one, hey, two, five, one hey, and a quarter you don't have to explain your rating system to people man just do do what you do you know you sorry do you, guys dude. Sorry, sorry. Um, after that Mayor Kane cut a promo uh, a he, dark promo he buried Rey Mysterio in some boiler room not literally buried him but like cut a promo on Rey saying he was gonna beat him and it was very Bray Wyatt-esque he basically, he basically said that Rey Mysterio is a coward who hides behind a mask just like all the fans yep so that was kind of just the, like him for multiple years Right, but which, whatever. But yeah, he was basically saying all the fans are cowards that that hide behind a fake persona. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, it was fine. I've never really been too into like that dreamy, spooky, cerebral promo style. Like I, I didn't like it then. I don't really like it when Bray kind of veered into that territory towards the latter half of like the Wyatt family thing. Uh, it's just hard to like keep track of. Like, what are you saying? This one was more clear than some. But again, I mean, it's cool to see Kane. I feel like in, at any moment, he was just going to break away and be like, and now in theaters this Friday, Ceno Evil 2, check it out. Did they, make, it, did they make a Ceno Evil 2? Yeah. yeah you, and you can see that on Big Boys in the Movies for $8 a month on Patreon.com. Yeah. Big Boys We're going to watch it in reverse slams. order. Yes. No. We're going to watch the t- second one first. No. Um, after that, we had the Ray versus Kane match. So a nice little promo that led right into the match. Uh, I really, really really like Ray's first WWE theme so much better than this one. I just have to say that off the top. Who's that jumping out the sky? Uh, I think it's the second time we've sang the song. Yeah, because Booyaka Booyaka never got me pumped like who's that jumping out the sky. I feel like I feel like the... Oh, go ahead. No, you you go ahead. I feel like the Booyaka Booyaka was more um, ethnically sound. Like, it, it appealed more, like, it's, whatever, I'm just going to sound terrible. But, it, like, it, it appealed more to the Hispanic side of Rey Mysterio, whereas the, the who's that, like, that was a lot more hip-hop-ish and, like, a, just a, I don't know, appealed 
it appealed to me more. I, I, I know. I kind of understand what you're saying. I think I know where you're coming from. I yeah. know where you're coming yeah. from. I, I got you. Doug. Also, this version of Kane's music sucked. It really did. It's, it was just like funeral organ music. That's literally all it is. When there was nothing wrong with it before, and it was badass before. It is nice to see all the pyro, though. And even the, even the, uh, yeah, the, round around, round around, like the finger 11. I just think Kane's the unsung hero of WWE. The elder statesman. Like, he's yeah. always there to either put someone over or take a big spot when they need it because they don't have anybody else. And he's been doing it for years. Yeah, I think his career has spanned so many years. It's just I have so much respect for everything Mayor Kane has done for WWE and everything he's going to do for Knox County. I, th- I think Ooh, he's yeah. just... He's, he's intelligent. Yeah. And for a big guy, he was never bad at wrestling. No, he was he always was, a very, was, yeah, yeah. like, above-average wrestler. He was never a Kurt Angle, of course, but or an Undertaker, but he was really good. And even if I did prefer Isaac Yankum, I guess Kane was an okay character, too. <laughs> no, I think, that, I think that Kane is a step below Undertaker in that he's just not... I mean, Undertaker, at, at times, is like a cruiserweight in a 6'11 body. Well, I think Undertaker was able to, like, transcend the world of professional yes, wrestling, too. Yes, Which Kane, like, very much stayed within that, like, box of, if you like professional wrestling, you'll know who Kane is. Whereas guys like The Undertaker, you, Everyone knows you could is, ask yeah. anybody on the street, do you know who The Undertaker is? And more than 50% of them will be like, oh, yeah, he's a wrestler. Absolutely. But I will say, I mean, although I do prefer Masked Kane, just because he was just such a badass, um... I think that over time, this bald, burning people alive Kane got a little stale with just how brooding he was. But when you go back now, that it's you're not seeing it every single week. Um, it, he it's good. Like yeah, he, it was very it's very effective. And it, and a lot it, of the and stuff it he is did. like the, kind of the precursor to Bray Wyatt. Can I uh, make an unpopular opinion here? Oh yes, boy. I enjoyed Corporate Kane for what it was, or like I I thought it was kind of fun. Fun. It made me, I mean, he made me. He, the, the character of Corporate Kane made me laugh a lot, and I think that counts for something. Oh yeah. And I, I don't think it was a bastardization of of Glenn Jacobs or the character of no. Kane, like some people no. think it was. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great for the Seth Rollins angle and yeah. all that stuff. And, I thought and, it was good. and it's always great to see a man wrestle in slacks. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> Except for Baron Corbin. Except for Constable Corbin. Well, and if you feel like if you feel like Corporate Kane was an affront to his whole gimmick, I want to hear your American badass take. Because uh, it's got to be brutal. Yeah, for sure. Um, should we get into this match? Do it. All right, Kane versus Rey Mysterio come out. Um, so the, right when this match starts, Rey gets in the ring and Kane just beheads him with the big boot. Just a classic big man, big boot to a little man. A lot of little man, big man action in this in this show, I noticed. And this Davey was like, and Goliath. This was like definitely like the littlest versus... Not the biggest, but also just a lot of big men in general because yeah, you have sure. you had Big Show and Undertaker and you had Mark Henry, Mark Henry, and then you had Kane and then yeah. Batista and JBL. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of big, big guys, big big hoss hoss fighting on this show. Um, again, any Ray can work with anybody, and I think the little man big man thing with Ray was maybe a little bit overused <laughs> overused at this point by far. But for everything this match was, I thought it was okay. Um, Ray's getting some kicks in again, trying to just wear the big man down. He hits a springboard drop kick, which was really nice. He goes for a six one nine. It gets counted into this huge clothesline. Um, Ray just starts getting bruised and beaten. Kane was really taking a lot of this match. Um, Ray gets sent outside. He puts um, Kane in a sleeper outside, and then Kane just throws him over the barricade. Just throws a man like a sack of potatoes over the barricade. He ragdolled him a few times. (laughs) He was ragdolling him out there. Um, And then they get back inside. There's a scoop slam for um, a near fall. Um, There's a nice backbreaker, I thought, by Kane, which he, he did the backbreaker, but then he like, turned it into like a like a stretch muffler submission kind of it was really interesting um kane's got a good backbreaker i mean i don't know nice sidewalk he hit a sidewalk slam later in this match too and he's got a great sidewalk slam um he had no but like he really has some signature moves that are great like the the throat thrust is awesome the clothesline from the top rope is impressive yeah he's really got some go-to's i mean he doesn't have like taker who can do a whole match of going through the motions but he's got some awesome signatures signatures. Yeah. yeah um there was a nice spot when um, Kane went for a choke slam, but Ray countered it into like a springboard kind of DDT. <laughs> he kind of botched it a little bit, but it was kind of like a half DDT, which is what Michael Cole called it, which I like that. And then he gets Kane to the outside apron, and he just six one nines Kane right in the ass. <laughs> it was awesome. Ton of damage. Ton of damage. That's a lot of damage. And so Kane gets sent back outside. Um, 
So Kane's recovering outside. Ray goes on top. He goes. He springboards off the top rope, and he goes for, I guess, a splash or a crossbody. And Kane grabs a chair and just just thwaps him. Just hits him in the face Flaps. with his chair for the DQ. So Ray wins the match, but Kane ends up looking like the monster in the end. Um, I mean, and they're also doing. I mean, this match was okay for what it was. They're also doing. There was like kind of a little detail in this match that really bugged me, where. Obviously, you know, Kane's doing the whole you hide behind your mask thing, and he's trying to unmask Ray throughout the duration of this match, which with Ray, it's like, okay, we everybody knows what Ray looks like without his mask. If you follow wrestling, literally, he's wrestled without his mask a lot. go back to the new Blood Rising. Yeah, you, you'll see him without his mask there. Uh, and you'll see with devil, devil horns. Yeah, that's true. Um, God, other than I that, about those. I thought this match was pretty decent. I gave it two and a half stars. It wasn't bad. It wasn't the best match I've ever seen. It was right in the middle. I gave it two and three quarters. I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was fun. I thought it was clunky at times, slow at times. But, I mean, I think it was actually a really good big versus little match. Even though it's overused, I don't think... I mean, does anyone do David versus Goliath better than Ray Ray? Daniel Bryan? Mm, yeah, that's a good point. But but Ray Mysterio, really, with how much agility and plancha he uses, does really well to use those high-impact moves to, to chop down the big men. Uh, I gave it two and a half stars, and... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of false finishes that are just BS, but this is, like, pissed off, deranged Kane. And so if he's not getting his way in a match, it's totally understandable for him to just go off the handle and just thwap Ray in the face. I usually don't like DQ finishes, but I thought you're right. This is a good one. I thought this was a good It made sense. It it was appropriate for... for, And you don't want to have Ray lose. You don't want to have... You know, it's a good way to get around having to have either man lose clean. And I think it, it kind of enhanced the character of Kane. And it made sense within the story of the match. Uh, Kane was on the ropes and he did what he had to do. And I, I thought it made no Kane issues. look more deranged than he already was. That's, there was, that's there was the kind point. of a non-finish later in the show that I had a huge... And I know Luke had a really big problem with it too. But we'll get to that. Um, Let's just yeah, save it. Mm. That was a decent match. Uh, so backstage, MVP is looking for Vicky because he's mad that he wasn't on the card. He knocks on Vicky Guerrero's door. Out comes the Big Show. Big Show says, man, I'm just trying to worry about The Undertaker. But if you keep bugging me, I'm going to worry about you. He's worrying about some other stuff too. I don't know what Big Show is doing in Vicky's office. Bro, he's laying pipe and you know it. There's going to be a bunch of Big Show and Vicky Juniors running around. Is that what you're saying? Please don't. I mean, no. Don't take it that far. So I thought that was going to be the end of that <laughs> segment. Um, it was not because here comes MVP out to the ring. And I was intrigued. You know, MVP, is, is, he's, he's a good talker. I'd listen to MVP. I'd like to listen to MVP on the mic. Uh, but this went so nowhere it went on way too long so he comes out and he's basically saying that he came here to make a statement says he wants to be in the card that vicky doesn't respect him he deserves to be wrestling at every show and then here comes randy orton uh they pretty much just don't like each other they're drawn back and forth for a while (laughs) and then here comes ted dibiase jr and cody rhodes and manu and manu and they're talking trash i mean at this point i thought this was already had already gone on for too long (laughs) And it just kept going. They're all arguing in the ring. Ted, someone hands Ted DiBiase the somebody damn mic. hands Ted DiBiase Jr. a microphone, which is just don't do that. I don't even. He just pretty much reiterated that my dad is Ted my DiBiase. Dad. He says it like three or four times in like a two-minute span. Like, do you know who my dad is? My dad's Ted DiBiase. I'm a millionaire. That do you means know who I my, got money. Well, and also don't forget Orton. Orton leaves, doesn't he? After, yeah, Orton after, leaves after, after that. And then Legacy and MVP have an issue. And, and then, then they basically are like, you better get out of this ring before we make you get out of this ring. And MVP gets out. And he's starts, like, fine. He gets, he gets almost all the way up the entrance ramp. And then CM Punk's music hits. And Punk and Kofi come out. And then they're like, you want to go beat these guys up? You're, we're not going to take that line down. So they all, all three of the men run back to the ring. Right as MVP slides into the ring, Kofi and, and Punk lay off. But then they get back in the ring anyways. All six men brawl. And finally, the segment ends. So I think my biggest takeaway is why is CM Punk not on this card? People were so hungry for CM Punk. Like, oh, huge pop! Punk should have been wrestling on this card. If you if you just did like Punk and Kofi versus Orton and D or not Orton, sorry, Cody Rhodes and DiBiase, because I believe they had the tag belts at this show. They did, yeah. So why not do a tag team title match instead of this stupid? I could promo. be wrong, but there was no tag team match on this show. You're was right. There? there was no multi man match at all. Every match was one on one. Yeah. Uh, you don't see that very often, I feel no, like. No, you don't. In a, especially, in, yeah, especially in that era of pay-per-views. Um, Can I say, though, yeah. uh, Kofi and CM Punk did appear, and then they're like, they're trying to convince MVP, hey, MVP, let's go fight them and clean house. And then they all run to the ring, MVP like dives in, and then they just leave him to get his ass kicked for a That was like the bit. highlight of the promo. <laughs> get his ass kicked for a little bit, and then they help clean house. Also, uh, Jamaican, Sean Kingston, uh, Kofi Kingston, loved him. I feel like, yeah, that... 
that one spot was the bright point. Otherwise, this went on forever. This was like Ever. a 10 or 15 minute segment. Yeah. It just drug on. Thankfully, it ended. And then we got one shot of uh, Y2J and HBK backstage getting I want to have this argument right now. Oh, yeah. What was your unpopular opinion regarding CM Punk? Okay, so you I said, remember it. So, so well, yeah, Kyle on. freaking remembers. I remember you said that this theme song he used here was better than Cold of Personality. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I like it better. Stop it. Be nice to me. Dude, Cult of Personality. I could mosh to it, you know? Cult of Personality is like a top 10 song. I mean, it's a great song. I just like the I like the more hardcore style. It fits, I thought it fit his personality. I better. mean, you could be wrong, but just yeah. admit it. Yeah, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. You guys made fun of me for liking Matt Morgan. I'm making fun of you for That's liking fair. this show. That's the song. Whoa, I was like, the show wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry to let everyone down. And that was that. Uh, Living, Living Color's pissed, too. Ne- next, you're going to say you thought CM Punk was overrated like the Young Bucks. No, I thought I think Punk's great. I oh. wish he'd come back to wrestling. Any yeah. wrestling, anywhere. Punk, just wrestle. Please stop fighting in the UFC, please. Punk, I love you. I don't, Friend you, of the podcast. You do what you want to do, CM. Chick Magnet. Sorry about your bears, though. My Packers smashed them. Please don't call him by CM. <laughs> <laughs> please refer to him as Chick Magnet next time. Or Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, we get JBL versus Batista for the number one contendership. I was really pleased to see JBL on the show until he took off his jacket. Man, JBL let himself go. <laughs> so he was floppy. So when he left the APA to become JBL, he was always kind of floppy and kind of big. Oh, he took it to a new level here. He's not necessarily like well, no, he's not ju- yeah. fat or chunky. He's just floppy. He's just dad bod a little he's bit. He's just dad bod. Yeah, uh, wrestler, he, wrestler version of dad bod. He's more wrestler dad bod than he's ever been. He's not like the way he doesn't look like Cassius Ono looks now or anything or like Trent Seven, but he's a bit he's a bit floppy and flabby at this point. Um, I definitely did get the uh, the PTSD though of heel JBL the and oh, I, like, yeah. I just got like my got, blood started boiling. I suddenly got angry I love I, I love JBL. Fists. I clenched my fists. I was glad to see him on the show. And again, this was against Batista for the number one contendership. Uh, Batista didn't have much heat, positive or negative, on him. I, I didn't think in this match. Um, really, the crowd was kind of dead for this whole match. Yeah, kind of. This, this was it was like the low point. For there the was crowd. heat on JBL for sure, but uh, Batista kind of was just a muted reaction. And wasn't this kind of nearing the end of his first run with the company? Yeah, I think it was getting towards it at least. Um, yeah, which makes sense. Um, so this was another big Haas fight. Um, right off the bat, uh, Batista hits a spear on JBL, who then rolls out of the ring. Which, of course, that's like kind of the beginning of. Batista's wind up. The idea was he's going to get the spine buster, then the Batista bomb and end this thing early. That doesn't happen. JBL uses his smart heel tactics, tactics, sorry, and he rolls out of the ring. The crowd did hate that a lot, which was pretty awesome. Um, JBL kind of just stands outside the ring for a bit, and then they brawl outside. There's a rest hold spot outside the ring, which is good. You don't see that too often. And then they come in the ring and they rest hold some more, um, which gets counted into a power slam by Batista. Um, Batista hits the spine buster, the Batista bomb, and wins the match. The, the best thing about this match was that it was very short. It was the perfect length. Yeah. I gave the match a two star because it was kind of slow, but it went the perfect length of time. Yeah, it was slow. It, it was a bit sloppy. There was really nothing. If like, it went longer than what it did, it would not be very good. This is like the least amount of notes I've written for a non-squash match since we've been doing the podcast. And that's just because there wasn't much that happened in the match. And... The finish happened. Batista went over rightfully, and I give it two stars as well. I think the post match actually was like the shining oh, spot for this. I'm going to handle the post match. Okay, great. Hold on, real quick rating. Uh, two stars. I kind of feel bad for these two just because they followed that god awful segment that people were chanting boring through. So they kind of got some remnants of the boring chant. Um, yes, it, it was slow, but it, it did what it needed to do. Put Batista over. So, so what happened after the match? Kyle? So JBL picks up the mic and basically says, thank God for the rich people and the government bailout for helping the rich people. Thank you people for keeping me rich. Basically. Basically, basically. Yeah. Which I loved. One thing I loved about the beginning of this promo was that he was like still selling the Batista bomb as he's talking into the microphone. You don't see guys do that very I've often. I've had an awful week. Yeah, I just really appreciated that because this was right after like the big stock market crash of 08. So JBL is going on and on about how rich he is and how everybody else kind of sucks. And then we hear the music. Yo, 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 yo. It's crime time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. And Crime Time's in the back, and they're basically saying they're going to take JBL's limo for a joyride. And then, so they get in J- on top of JBL's limo, and then they wave for all the divas to come over. So the divas come, and they start dancing with Crime Time. They get in the limo, 
And then our boy Sergeant Slaughter, friend of the podcast, just sneaks r- his way. just randomly sneaks in and gets in the. And JTG's pissed, but Shad's like, "Yeah, sure." So, so Crime Time and Slaughter are about to go have a giant orgy with all the divas, and it's just great. It's all the like the uh, it's all like the OVW girls because you have like Mickey James is there. I think Gail Kim was there. Uh, yeah. Didn't you say there was a Bella there, Kyle? Yeah, yeah one of the Bellas Bella. were on there. So I thought this was really... I thought it was all good. I thought it went on a little bit too long. I thought the stuff with Crime Time and the limousine started off really strong. As I was watching it live, I was like, oh, this is so stupid. But the more I think about it, I'm like, I guess it was kind of funny. Like, it having was hilarious. Show up I out of nowhere. freaking love Crime Time. I know you feel me on that. I, well, I know you, I love Crime Time. I was, I, never like a, I was never necessarily a fan. But I, I it was, that was kind of... What? You got me on this? Money, money. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got money, money. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Zach, stop hating, hating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of you were playing like the Mickey James role there, because at the very end, Mickey James came out of the like the sunroof of the limo with Crime Time, and they were like doing a chant with her. And it was like yeah, the money, cool. money, yeah, yeah, chant yeah, was great. That's Mickey James. This was this was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It. it was fun. Comedic um, relief, perfectly placed. In time. Yeah, after like the last that last segment, like to have an okay match, and then have like the JBL like putting himself over, and then having that was a good kind of. I thought it flowed pretty well. Um, and then we get a video package up next for the big show and the undertaker and guess what hoss fight alert this is a match that luke and i have a very large problem with which we'll get to at the end um this was a 2008 big show match the undertaker did what he could throughout and they had some pretty interesting spots um so there's some strike exchanges to start then they go outside and they do the big hoss brawling outside uh taker hits an apron leg drop which just whenever you do that to a large man it just looks devastating oh yeah um he hits corner splashes on the big show he got a lot of the early offense i feel like on the big show in this match a lot of times it seems like taker starts things out and they always go back to the especially if cole's announcing the best pure striker in the game and yeah he gets a lot of strikes he does he goes through a lot of the signatures and then uh the big show does manage to get a russian leg sweep for a near fall uh, Big Show goes for a Vader bomb but misses. Uh, Taker hits a flying lariat. Then he hits an old school. There's kind of the greatest hits. Uh, gets a near fall off of that. Both men tease the choke slam. Oh, I guess I should mention Big Show does get a choke slam for a near fall. A showstopper. A showstopper. And then both men are teasing their choke slams. They're both choking each other. Um, Big Show goes for a choke slam. Undertaker counters into a DDT. Man, seeing uh, seeing Big Show get DDT'd like that, his body was Dude, flipping. He got spiked. He got spiked. That was awesome. It looked brutal. It did. Yeah. Um, and then. The end of the match happens, which was Big Show hits his punch, his big knockout punch once. Undertaker goes down. Undertaker gets up. He hits him again. Undertaker goes down. Hits him on the ground. Well, and he was out cold after the second one. Yeah, hits him on the ground after the second one because he's not getting up. He, like, picks him up and, like, punches his face into the mat, which was pretty brutal. We get a KO finish. The Big Show... I can't believe I'm saying this. The Big Show knocks out The Undertaker for the win. I hated the end of this match. Hated it. He did hit him three times, though. But it was just a, it's just a punch. At the end of the day... Like, it's a knockout punch. A weapon of mass a, destruction. It's a WMD. But it's The Undertaker. It is I know. It's, it's really lame. It is BS. I agree. But um, one thing... I mean, I especially now appreciate this Undertaker. Now that I see, you know, what, what he's like now. Nowadays, I mean... So back then, I really loved 2008, Undertaker, 2006, all that. But they just they ran out of people to match him up with, so they had to keep matching him up with like Great Collie and Big Show and just huge guys. And there's no legitimacy if they don't get at least like a pay per view win. And at least he's not pinning him clean; he's just beating the crap out of him. I'd rather have him get pinned clean than get knocked out like a chump. I think I- they were just really trying to sell the WMD. And then you also got to remember, around this time, they started trying to do like an MMA-type Undertaker with the Hell's Gate and all that stuff. Sure. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense in a way that Big Show just knocks him out with three, like, big boy punches. Which usually one does the trick for everyone else. So, like, in an MMA fight, you know, one of those punches is going to knock someone out, probably. So, I mean, I think that's kind of what they were trying to do. I mean, I, I get that it's lame. And it's not my favorite finish ever, but I I understand where they're going. And after the fact, he did sell it really well, and he looked uh he looked about he as looked loopy. Dazed. He looked about as loopy as Aaron Rodgers did this past Sunday. Aaron Rodgers. I give the match one point nice, five. Uh, there was some a couple decent spots, but it was more just big Hoss action, and the finish just really bugged me. I gave it two stars. I thought the match was fine. I didn't hate the ending as much as these guys did. I think it made sense, but I mean, I wasn't a fan of it, but I didn't hate it either. It was just kind of whatever. Yeah, I'm also so I gave it a, a I gave it two stars. I don't hate the finish that much. The next the next match, 
I can go on a rant about. Uh, my one comment here is around this time, I don't know if it's a spray tan, but Taker was tanning a lot, and he was pretty orange. And I just got to say, I love Undertaker's my favorite wrestler of all time right next to Stone Cold. But having an orange tan makes no damn sense. You're supposed to be dead. He's just showing his support for President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. And moving on. And we had a video package hyping up Jeff Hardy versus Triple H for the WWE Championship, the spinner title. I don't mean to sound like a negative Nancy because I know I'm just like putting a lot of things down on the show that you guys necessarily didn't dislike. I just hate the spinner title. Zach Keller. I did not mind the spinner, I spinner hate, belt at all. I, I thought it was like cool. It. I didn't like it in 2006. I don't like it now. I think it lasted way too long, but it was an awesome idea. And also, I, the United I thought it was States, awesome. The United States John Cena spinner belt was also awesome. I like that better. I just think like gimmicking your titles at all just like delegitimizes them and like this is supposed to be the most hear me out this is supposed to be the most prestigious title in the history of of wrestling ever and it's a freaking cheap walmart looking spinner the with the wwe logo it's that doesn't that doesn't scream prestige to I, me. I look at it like with a little bit of bling on a very nice item you know like Spinning. See, I never thought of it. I never thought of it as like plastic, and I feel like if you actually saw that the belt itself in person, like it would be like, holy crap! Yeah, oh, I, th- I thought it was super cool. I always liked the yeah. spinner, I and I, I usually don't like the like the gimmick belts. The gimmick belts, but I really like that one. See, I personally love the, like the smoke and skull belts. One of my favorite of all time. Eh. Eh. Sorry. Um. So we get we do get a video package between this and of course Triple H is the current champion. This is for the WWE Championship. Um. So they shake hands in the middle of the ring to start. Uh, once Jeff Hardy turns around to throw a shirt into the audience, Triple H nails him. Just classic Triple H move, which I guess maybe he's kind of a tweener because that's not something like a white bread baby face would do. He was kind of playing both roles a little bit, which is fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It was, I mean, it was a good tactic to use. You know, the match that started, the bell rang, hit Basically, the guy. Basically, he joined Evolution and then he always had Ric Flair tactics. Like, he never abandoned those. Dirty yeah, playing the game. that's true. Um so we get some, some a little bit of chain wrestling to start. Uh, Jeff Hardy hits a head scissors to Triple H and knocks him down, which Jim Ross just puts over as like the most innovative offense of all time. It's like it's just the head scissors, Jr. <laughs> yeah, no, he couldn't just be like he literally acted like he just watched Memphis wrestling his whole life and had never seen a lucha match. He said in the, the entirety of his he existence. He said the same thing for the plancha leg drop, too. <laughs> I, I, the I think so yeah, amazed. I think both Jim Ross and Taz are on their way out here, too. I think they're just kind of getting lazy in their announcing. and Just like Lawler. Just like Lawler. To Law, me. But Lawler stayed on for a lot longer than this. Lawler's Lawler still with like, the company. Yeah, Lawler left like regular announcing like, what, 2012, 2013? That's yeah, at least like another 13. four or five years. But to after me, once this. he started wearing blingy t-shirts is when he just stopped caring. I, he I know that was like a long, his jacket to the ring. Yeah, I know that was a long time that he was the extended period, but he just said generic things. I think they took away a lot of his freedom. Yeah, a lot of his oh, heel sure. commentary. Um, so yeah, he hits the head scissors to Triple H, and then gets him outside of the ring. Jeff does a uh, dives off the apron into Triple H. I think Jeff kind of ate the majority of the move, which they kind of put over on commentary. But they're like, "See, he got him with his hand. He hooked him with the hand." So they're outside. Um, Triple H gets him back in the ring, tries for a middle rope pedigree. That was pretty cool. Which is, was pretty cool because like, oh, you don't, I've never seen them try for that before. Uh, but he gets thrown back over the top rope back to the outside. Um, and then Jeff Hardy goes for a plancha senton, misses, lands right on his back on the outside, which just opens the door for Triple H, who sends him back into the ring and just starts wailing on Jeff Hardy's back. Knowing like the shape Jeff Hardy's in now, it's like, oh, stop taking these back bumps, Jeff. That looked nasty. Oh, that was rough. He took. I don't know how he like how he just isn't snapped in half. I, I mean, he takes so many back. Bumps. I mean, look at the one at SummerSlam a couple weeks ago when he did the Swanton onto just the apron. Yes, dude. at SummerSlam, that literally, was gnarly. Literally going into that match, we heard all about how his back was giving him troubles, and then he takes that bump. And I think one of the quotes I heard was, "He doesn't do Swantons at house shows. Yeah, he anymore. only saves them for big moments." Like yeah, doing it, it under the apron. Hardest part of the ring, Michael Cole will tell you. Yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> this um, is another crazy one. Yeah, that was a crazy bump. I'm worried about what he's going to do this Sunday at Hell in a Cell, which you can catch our review on Monday morning. It's going to go up. That's our next episode is WWE Hell in a Cell. I'm nervous to see what Jeff does because he's always wanted that one-on-one cell match. Just he's, so you know, we're going to put the Hell in a Cell episode up a little bit earlier yeah, it's than gonna normal. Go up, it's going to go up on Monday just because if we waited till Wednesday, 
I mean, every, but everyone else's review is going to come out. probably wouldn't care. Exactly. But normally our shows will still go up on Wednesdays, except um, for this one. Unless you pay a dollar a month and get it on Patreon, you'll get them on Tuesday. Good plug. Now. Except for the live shows, obviously. Cruiserweight. All right, continue with the match. Continue with the match. Um, so he misses the senton and gets back in the ring. Uh, Triple H is just working over Jeff's back uh, a lot after that. Uh, he hits a face buster for a near fall. Triple H gets him in my favorite spot in the world, an abdominal stretch. Uh, I don't really hate him as much as I'm leading on. It's an interesting rest hold. It's better than a rear chin lock. It has that going for it. So Triple H has got him in the stretch, um, which is, again, selling the back. He grabs the rope for extra leverage right in front of the ref. It takes the ref, like, five <laughs> it seconds takes the to ref, notice. like, way too long to notice what's happening. Right in front of Slim Johnson. So he does it, like, right. And so the ref's, like, right in front, and then Triple H kind of reaches his arm back. And the ref has to walk all the way around to, like, where his arm's extended to notice what's happening. When and it's then, clearly in his field of vision. And then they get out of the abdominal stretch, and it seems like they go right to a sleeper hold. Yeah, they hit they hit a rest another long sleeper hold spot after that. Um, Hardy does manage to hit a spin kick for a near fall. Triple H gets sent back outside. Um, this time Jeff Hardy goes over the top rope to Triple H. He hits him this time. Um, Triple H they get back in the ring. Triple H hits a big lariat, then a face buster for a near fall. Then he hits the spine buster. Then he goes for the pedigree, which gets countered into a slingshot into a whisper in the wind for a near fall. He misses the swanton bomb, gets back up. Triple H goes through the pedigree. It gets countered into a twist of fate. Hardy hits the swanton bomb. We think there's a new champion at this point, right? Goes for the pinfall. He gets to two. Triple H turns it into a roll-up for the win and retains the title. I didn't have a problem with the finish. I thought it was good veteran work by Triple H. He still sold the, the swanton. Obviously, it's not. I'd rather Jeff lose clean if he's going to lose. But I think that kind of like plays into a strategy. He still sold the Swanton after the match. Like he didn't pop right back up and like, yay, I win. Uh, but he did sell it after. I thought it was an interesting finish. I didn't necessarily have a huge problem with it. Like I think Luke did. I'm pissed. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty okay match. Uh, it had some really nice spots. Jeff, it's nice to see Jeff like more mobile than he is now in a match. And I thought he made Triple H look pretty decent. I'm gonna give it three stars. And Kyle, what did you think of the finish? Okay, so I also gave it three stars. I thought it was great at times. I thought it was a little slow at times. I didn't like the back-to-back rest holds for sure. And I didn't particularly like the ending. Um, it sucked. I think tri- <laughs> I would have liked it more if Triple H just pulled him up and hit a pedigree or something. But, I mean, it just it was just, I don't know. I, I just thought it was kind of lame. Fair enough. And, uh, Luke, go ahead. The floor is yours, my friend. In, oh, my, in my words... Pardon my French. This was total horse cockery. Total horse cockery. No. Okay. So he he goes for a swanton bomb. He misses it. No sells the miss on the swanton bomb, which usually if you have a top rope finisher that you miss, you're selling it for a while. No, he pops right back up. That's not even my big my big gripe here. Whisper in the wind. Counter twist of fate. And a freaking swanton. He does... One signature move and two finishers, and he didn't even get a two count, bro. He got a one and a half. It was a bam, and then by the halfway down, he's already rolling him up. You mean to tell me he put two freaking finishers on the guy and Triple H in classic fashion? Let me just, even though I gave you a little chance, let me just grab this shovel and just... The golden shovel came out. Yeah, dude, I've seen that so many times in Triple H matches, it makes me sick. We saw it on the Booker T match where there was a freaking 15 count. I'm sorry I'm using it again, but Triple H gets away with this garbage more than anyone else. And also, I get that he's a traditional wrestler, but too many rest holds in every single match. I did give it three stars. It was good, but... I like how you just buried the match, and you're like, I did give it three stars. I'm, yeah, I it, mean, was, still, it was a really it was good, good match. match. It is yeah, a, good, it was a match, good match, but God, that finish And sucked. then after the match, Arn Ander- Triple H is walking backstage, and Arn Anderson shows up. They shake hands. Uncle Arn. Arn. <laughs> Uncle Arn says, congratulations. And then Vladimir Kozlov shows up, speaks a lot of Russian, and says congratulations as they get face-to-face. The crowd audibly sighed when they saw Vlad. They were so stoked for Arn Anderson. And it's like, so you go to a cousin, you have like that super cool uncle that has that really annoying son. And you're like, you see the nephew and you're like, or your uncle and you're like, yes. And then that nephew or that that cousin walks in and you're like, oh, you're here too. The drug addict one, shit. I'm guessing this. Le- I- I'm guessing this led to a uh, Vlad Triple H feud after that. Which, no, thank you. By the way, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Oh, I'm sure that was like a No Way Out headline or some. Crap. God, I loved Kozlov. Did you really? Yeah, dude, he did I- nothing for no. me. He-, he did that headbutt to the chest, and that cracked me up. So I kind of liked him in the wrong reasons because I thought he was funny. <laughs> yeah, and then and then 
he was in a tag team with Santino for a while, and they were just a comedy tag team that always cracked me up. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do. Uh, I did like Uncle Arn Anderson, like in a plain white tee with like some car hearts and a flip phone. He, dude, it it, it might have been a pager. I don't yeah, even know if it was had, a flip It was phone. something on his belt. It was a flip phone, and it and it looks like he, he he definitely was wearing New Balances. There's no way he wasn't, and he just got done mowing the lawn. I wish Arn Anderson was my grandpa. Shout out to my cousin Alex. There is nothing wrong with flip phones, my man. Love you. Does he have one? Yes. Hey man, you do it. You do you. you but know? I, I do put Vladimir Kozlov and Heidenreich like right there in the oh, same. Yeah. same oh level yeah. Oh, Kozlov like, was way better than Heidenreich. Dude, they were just both Russian ridiculousness. Heidenreich like raped Michael Cole. Do you remember that? It happens. Yikes. After okay. that match, we get a uh, video package to hype up the main event, and which is of course was, this was a hot feud and it was a good video package. And of course, the main event is Sean Michaels versus. Chris Jericho, you may remember you may remember their match from WrestleMania 19. This match has much higher stakes. This is for the uh, World Championship on a uh, in a ladder match. And there's also some beef because uh, Chris Jericho punched the shit out of Y2J, right or, HBK's face. wife. And broke her nose. Shoot, like legit. Yeah, he slipped and actually punched her. But save us, Y2J. Love him. I, I loved this. Was like the first iteration of short hair Jericho when he like came back and he was super quiet and he was just cocky and he was just a dick. And I loved it. One thing I got to ask about Jericho before we get in this match is why does he not get more love for being a top superstar of all time? You know, I think, I think, is it he doesn't have the name value of Hulk, Stone Cold, and like The Rock and John Cena and that stuff? I think he or? was, I think that the big issue with Jericho was that he was in an era. Where there are yep. so many other hugely Saturated. talented guys. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he's not, and not to say that he doesn't deserve to be in that conversation. I, I, I could make a case for Jericho being on a on a WWE Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah. I might not put him there, but I could make that case. I just think it was yeah, it was the embarrassment of riches for for WWE at the time, and I mean, to, Jer- to think to think that he's still wrestling now at such a high level blows my mind. I think he's definitely in that conversation, and. He's put his neck out for the company for so many years, and oh yeah, and he, he he's great. He's, I, go ahead. He's just put over a lot of great guys. He's had great matches with guys that usually don't have great matches. Like he has just always been a rock solid guy. You can always turn to to do something big. So now I com- I completely agree with you. Okay, but let me put it to you this way: when you think of Shawn Michaels, you think of WrestleMania twelve. There's like multiple huge, like groundbreaking wrestling moments. When you think of Stone Cold Steve Austin, you think of, you know, WrestleMania 13, you think of 17, 19. When you think of The Rock, you think of a lot of those similar matches. What is Jericho's defining match that changed wrestling? Are you, are it you, was it was beating The Rock and Stone Cold in the same yeah, match. Yeah, I was going to say, are you serious? <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and then he had great matches at every pay-per-view he ever worked pretty much right but, but I, I do know where you're coming from right i do know where you're coming from um he's the, he doesn't like when you see like the wwe classic moment packages. highlight reels yep. he's, he's usually mm-hmm. not included on those mm-hmm. but i mean maybe they he should be um this he match, should be yeah, no he absolutely should be. i'm gonna go ahead and say this right off the top this was the match of the night Duh. this is this is probably the match of that year this was a really good match if you like men getting hit with ladders this is the match if you, if you if this was the match for you almost every spot in this match was someone getting hit with a ladder and i am not exaggerating about that almost every spot in this match was a man getting hit with a ladder well in night in wrestlemania 19 we saw a grudge match that was just like both of them in the prime technical wrestling like it was it was a just a beautiful show of wrestling this was a brawl this was a yeah. grudge match this rehashed. was this this was a a hard hitting match i can't believe Shawn michaels was taking some of the bumps he was taking in this match uh, at this stage in his career he was putting his neck out there i don't know how time. he didn't get hard weighed yeah i, I don't know how you, jericho, well, jericho sure did, did. Yeah, yeah so there was a spot early on in the match uh where it was the classic what do you guys say he got joey mercury joey mercury where the ladder's teetering on the middle rope and Shawn michaels uh catapulted the ladder into jericho's face his tooth came his out. His tooth came out. His tooth it broke. And so he was bleeding from the mouth for the rest of this match. And props to Jericho because he like made the most out of it. Where you could tell he was like he'd touch his mouth and then touch his face. So by the end of the match, like he had blood all over his face. Um, and that was like right early on in the match. Um I mean, I'll just go through some of these spots. This was a spot fest. This was the definition of a spot fest. There was some story stuff, obviously, towards the end of the match, but most of this was just spot after spot after spot after spot. Uh, in a good way. In a good way. This was a super fun way. match. Well, normally I'm not a spot junkie like that, 
But this one got me. I, I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. So um so we had the we had the the Joey Mercury angle where Jericho got whipped in the face with the ladder. Uh, another one I really liked was there's a part a moment in the match and this one just stuck with me when uh Sean was put on the ladder which was open laying horizontally on the ground. Jericho put Sean on the ladder and just slammed the ladder shut onto Sean. On his face. Right on, on his, his face. face, bro. It was it was it looked great. I don't know how you sell that. Like I don't know how you do that safely, but it looked phenomenal. And that was probably my favorite. I mean, there's so many good ladder bumps in this match, though. There's a moment when um uh Sean had the ladder and he hit Jericho with it and then just threw it onto Jericho on the outside of the ring, which Jericho also did to Sean earlier in the match. Um, these two guys were just beating the holy living hell out of each other with these ladders. There was one spot I liked and they were in the corner. Yep. And uh, they did something to go into the corner and Sean's like trying to get up and Jericho kicks the ladder, which is on the second rope, and it spins around and clocks Sean yeah. right in the face. Oh it's, yeah, while, while Jericho's on the ground. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. We didn't we didn't bring this one up. This was probably my favorite spot, and it like set the tone. Um, so Shawn Michaels is on the apron on the outside, and Jericho goes like he's going for a lion salt. Like he jumps off the middle rope, and then he clears the top rope from that springboard oh, yeah. and shoulder tackles the shit out. That of That was him. early on in the match. Yeah, too. and they both and they both fall to the the uh, concrete floor, the mat. Yeah, the, on on the outside of the ring. But that was. Just a that was a crazy good, display well, of athleticism. Well, that was a really good kind of sequence because right after that, uh, Jericho Irish whipped Sean, who then climbed the ladder that was on the ramp and then hit a crossbody onto Jericho. And that's when he put the that was when right after that was when he put the ladder and the ropes and then did the Joey Mercury spot to him. Yep. That whole sequence was really well done. Um, Just some holy shit. Moments, yeah, there was dude. a moment too when uh, Jericho got put in like the tree of woe but his le- his knee was stuck in the ladder and then sean slammed him down and that was when the knee angle kind of started with jericho who mm-hmm. went outside and sold his knee forever and then Jer and then sean was able to climb the ladder and go for the belt and you think he's going to get it jericho gets into the last second and they start fighting over the belt and then i think the jericho tips the ladder over at that point which he did three or four times throughout the match sure. um, there really wasn't much of guys going for the belt until the last five to ten minutes of the match where mm-hmm. it was just hot and heavy um so both men are on the ladder taking ladder blows at this point you think sean's gonna get it because y2j gets hung up again in the ladder and his knee's stuck in the ladder and he's trying to get up and he's trying to get up and then somebody comes in who was this lance cade lance cade i had it written down but i couldn't find rest it. rest in peace is really yep yikes yikes so lance cade the alive version of lance cade it was kind of like the candace michelle though where it was like who, who is this? yeah uh I, the name recognition was there, but I couldn't put it to his face. Um, so he comes out and he's able to distract Jer- um, Sean just long enough so Jericho can get free. Jer- Jer- Sean e- does get a hit of super yeah, kick. He eats, a, he eats uh, sweet chin music. Yeah, Kate eats the sweet chin music, which allows Sean and to get back on the ladder. They're both fighting for the belt. This is a finish you don't see very often in these title matches where they literally had the belt undone like and jericho was tugging on one end and then sean was tugging on the other end and they were both just like playing tug of war with the belt and then jericho did something that was again sound booking where he yanked the title hard enough for for sean to hit his head on the ladder and then he gets the belt falls down wins the match there's nothing that we can say we can't go through these spots enough to like accurately reflect how just crazy this match was. It, man. You, you need to watch this match. Yeah, this it was, is a must watch. There's a lot of drama, a lot of crazy spots, some pretty good storytelling. I'll give it four point two five stars, which I believe is the highest rating I've ever given a match. I'm giving it four and three quarters. I thought that match was almost Whoa. perfect. I mean, I'm biased because I was there too. And true, I remember true. it being so amazing. But yeah, four and three quarters. Yeah, yeah, four and a half. Fantastic. And my question here. We've seen this so much. Why does everyone, I get that they're exhausted. Why does everyone, once they've grabbed the belt, fall off the damn ladder and not climb down? Drama. Like they just Drama. fall. It's also worth noting that the belt, the ladder fell on Jericho too. When he, after he jumped That was off. hilarious. Um, yeah, this match, like watch, if you're going to watch any match from this show, watch this one because this was incredible. Uh, just a spot fest in all the right ways. They knew when to hit their high notes. They knew when to hit their low notes. Uh, just Sean and, and, and Chris were just bumping like madmen throughout this entire match. I think you should watch the show from the JBL Batista match on. Yeah. Or, yeah, watch it from that promo on. The match itself. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter about the match, but the promo yeah. after it was fun. And then everything after that business started to fun. pick up. Yeah. If, if it would have continued on the road it was going at, I probably would have given this pay-per-view a D. 
I gave it a B minus. I think the last three matches really boosted up, and I thought Kane and Rey Mysterio was really fun too. And that promo with Sergeant Slaughter was good too. So I I gave it a B minus as a show as a whole. I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give it a B minus. I thought those last three matches really saved the show. I mean, this show was not looking too good <laughs> the first few matches in, but um, after watching like some over like after watching. Uh, New Blood Rising, which still just sticks in my head. We got the really good ECW show, and then we got kind of a mixed bag with uh, TNA. With TNA. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff, but there was a lot of overbooked kind of Russo-isms throughout that show. And to just get a pure wrestling show was really nice. Um, the And the good matches were enough for me to kind of lift this up to be an above-average show. I'm going to give it a B-. minus. I had to be the bad guy here, I guess. I gave it a C plus just because of how, how it did kick everything off. But, man... Talk about finishing strong. Holy crap. It was awesome. I loved the ending. Yeah, I enjoyed the show a lot. One of my favorite matches I've ever watched, to be honest. I really, I really enjoyed it. I can't it. even imagine seeing that live. I don't, dude. I know. It, I can't oh my believe God. It. I don't remember a lot from being there. I mean, I was, it was 2008, right? Yeah. So that was 10 years ago. So I was 17. And I mean, I don't remember too much from yesterday. So 10, <laughs> 10 years ago was a long time. But you sure remember that ladder match? I remember match. this ladder match just being one of the most fantastic things I've ever watched. I, I can understand why some of the show would be forgettable to you, though. I mean, there was a lot of just big hoss nothing <laughs> happening would, in it. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jericho or Sean doesn't remember a lot of that match. There either. was some, yeah. It, it was really good show. Check it out. Um, and next week, we have for you again Hell in a Cell. We're very excited to bring that to you. This is our first kind of modern show that we're reviewing. And we can't screw up the date on this one. Yeah, I was yes. going to say that too. We can't. This is Hell in a Cell 2018. We know this Correct. for a fact. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun show. There's. Do you guys have any predictions for the show you want to throw out real quick? I know I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot. We didn't talk about this in the pre, in pre-recording or anything. I but. think the match that's going to steal the show will be the Shield versus uh, Dolph, and- Dolph and McIntyre. I also think adding McFoley to the Hell in a Cell as a special ref was a really good touch because mm-hmm. it's been... However many years, what, 20 mm-hmm. years? Well, you know he's going to cut a sweet promo about it, too. It, but it's oh, been he did what? on Monday, too. Yeah, Monday. it's been, what, 20 years since that happened when he got thrown off? Wasn't it 1998? It was 20. It was this is the 20th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. so I think, I think it's perfect that he's... Yeah, it makes sense. Which um, I cannot wait to cover that. I, I think, I think, I think, and just to kind of spitball a few things out here, I think, I think Roman retains somehow... <laughs> Um, which is going to be a wasted cash in for Braun, and, that, and we can get in. Obviously, we'll get into all this much more in depth uh, next week. Um, I think. I think. I think Joe wins the title. Joe. Joe. I think Orton Joe, wins Joe. in the Hell in a Cell match. I think we're going to get a sweet Hardy bump though. Yo, I, I'm nervous, and I think. I think you're going to see Charlotte retain the women's title, and those are all the ones I have right now off the top I of my think, head. I think Daniel Bryan gets his win back too. Him and, uh, and the mixed tag. Him and Bree get the win back. I over agree. Maurice and yeah, Miz. yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, yeah, that, I guess that's our show for today. Again, patreon.com slash bigboysandbodyslams. There are some great reasons to contribute. I really am looking forward to where this is going. Uh, and I, I know you guys are going to want to be along for the ride. You're going to want to watch that extra show. You're going to want to get the early access. We're, you, you, we'll read your names. Not in the end of the podcast. We'll read your names in the beginning of the podcast. So, so really consider doing that. It would help out so much. We love every single one of you guys. Have a great night. Oh, and buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt. That's not one of our shirts, but it's a sweet one. Uh, my shirt says "Don't be a prick." Buy a shirt, so big boys. Buy a prick, big boys. Buy a shirt, don't so, be a prick. Big boys body Yes, Luke. No, that that link right there. Buy us a t-shirt. Yes, please, and Patreon. Patreon's a big one. Love yes. you. Love Happy you more. Night. Bye.